Talk of the Town with topics that matter. Here's Lisa Kay. Welcome back to Talk of the Town. My name is Lisa Kay here in the KTOE studios with a good conversation with three guests in studio today. I heard some news that there was a possible strike looming at Minnesota State University Mankato. So in studio with me today, I have some executive board members of ASF. I'll explain all of this uh, and also from Minnesota State University, Mankato, Liz Steinburn-Gurley, the director of the Women's Center on Campus, Christelle Seth, who's the director of research and sponsored programs. Christelle, did I get that correct? You did. Thank you. Excellent. And David Mesta, a student government vice president. Hello, David. Hi, nice to meet you. Are you ready to go back to school? You know, I'm getting ready there. <laughs> Here we go. All right. Well, speaking of back to school, um, the reason that we have the three of you in is to talk a little bit about this looming possible potential strike that's been uh, kind of floating around in the news. But I noticed as I was talking to people, nobody in the general public really knows a whole lot about it. So can we talk a little bit about um, the strike, uh, broadly speaking, and, and then I want to get down to like kind of the structure of how things happen up at Minnesota State University, Mankato. Who wants to speak on that? Sure. All right, Liz. Yeah. Um, thank you. Um, administrative Service Faculty, or ASF, are folks at seven universities across the state um, who do everything from housing to financial aid to athletic training to accessibility resources. And there's about 50 more places that I could name that that we do to serve students. Um, basically, anywhere that a student engages outside the classroom is most likely with or near to an ASF member. Um, and so for the last um, 20 years, approximately, um, ASF bargains with the Minnesota State System Office um, and we tend to be the last to negotiate uh, our contracts after things are settled. Um, and we have just had historic low contracts. Um, and often we're the people who are in passion positions. These are jobs that we do because we love students and we love uh, the opportunity to work with students and support them. And so we've been agreeable. We've we've agreed to all of the contracts mm -hmm. that we've gotten over the last 20 years. Um, due to rising inflation, due to rising costs and, and personal expenses, um, and the recognition that for all of these years, we haven't seen significant increases uh, to our, our base salaries. Um, we've, we've agreed we've had enough. Um, and now we're at the point of we need to put our own oxygen masks on um, before we can continue providing the excellent service we provide students uh, until we get a good and fair contract. All right. So this is going to be a really interesting conversation about unions and about representation and about fairness and equality. And I think that a lot of people listening um, might not know, myself included, kind of the inner workings of higher ed, especially at our Minnesota State University and some other systems uh, that fall within that category. So it's seven schools, Liz, right? And um, how how does that work? This This strike, we're not talking about professors or people that are teaching our kids. Correct. Okay, so this is all of the workers that do everything else, almost everything else. Pretty much. So uh, when your student moves into the residence halls, 
These are the staff that do the 24-hour um, crisis response. They're the folks who are training the student staff. Um, they're the people who are doing academic advising, who are examining uh, people's financial aid, who are helping folks get accommodations in the classroom for their um, accessibility and disability needs. Um, and so it's this wide range of people. Basically, the support structures in our microcosm mm-hmm. of society, um, it's our food pantry staff, um, it's our health services staff. And so we really make up a very diverse group of services um, as this bargaining unit, which is one of several. All right. Well, let's talk about the bargaining units. How many of them roughly are there that you, I mean, so we, we talked about ASF, we talked about, uh, you know, the, the professors having their separate, separate bargaining units, um, and then coaches or... Um, so then we also have um, a couple of additional ones. So there's um, like AFSME and MAPE are two other bargaining units. Um, they serve in uh, general maintenance workers, um, our groundskeepers, our um, building foremen, um, our administrative staff, support staff. Um, those are all different bargaining units on campus. It's kind of a web of things. And so when you look at the, the support staff that uh, is talking about wanting some fair and equal pay, um, that kind of leads our whole conversation. Now, David, you happen to be the student government vice president. And uh, as that, you're not a member of ASF, but you're representing students here today. Um, in our conversation. Uh, and, and with that, how would a student feel affected if a possible strike were to happen once school starts? And school's set to start, is it the 21st, 2nd? This Monday. This Monday, okay. So with that, um, yeah, bringing the student perspective, it's the aspect of understanding that uh, a lot of the ASF members are the student activities office, the ones that help support the organizations, the art, like the clubs. You know, that leadership, the Women's Center, the LGBT Center, the Multicultural Center, like these specific groups that help support marginalized and uh, underrepresented students Mm -hmm. to have those resources that aren't there. I mean, the Women's Center, for example, has the menstrual equity stuff. So all those bathrooms have support systems for a lot of our female students Mm -hmm. that usually isn't free. So the fact that we fundraise that and we supported that is one aspect. Uh, But for me, though, as somebody who is uh, BIPOC and of Mexican descent, Having that multicultural center, having those advising, having that support system has really supported me and made me feel that I can really find the resources, the opportunities that other students may have had, but I couldn't find. So those are aspects of if that's gone, a lot of students will feel the pressure. I mean, even yesterday when we had our retreat for student government, uh, the fraternity sororities, um, the student events team, like all these different organizations. Uh, with our staff, we would be like, oh, no, we can't. Like, how are we going to move on? How are we going to pass? Especially the first couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, the coming effect. into that whole new environment, yeah. especially for new students coming in who might not have a community yet. Yeah, no. And I mean, if you look at new students, uh, financial aid advising, mm. tutoring center, uh, career center, like these resume building, because our professors help us learn how to build the skills, how to be like those hard skills. But when it comes to those soft skills, that's where ASF excels in. It's finding the resources, finding the cover letters. And I think they're an important part of campus. Like without them and going to the building and just being empty, mm. 
I don't know if I could have that support or if I can find those resources or that person to talk to. Because when I really want to engage with somebody, it's with the ASFM, it's with my advisor, it's with the uh, my advisor for Latinx. Like those are groups. And then when I looked at like Liz from the Women's Center and all of my friends that have come up to her and uh, had had that support, it's understanding that, you know, those groups of students come to her because they feel safe, they feel comfortable. And I think that's the biggest part is we find those resources with our staff members who really care about us and make us feel that we can exceed. And once we leave college, we have those skills, we have those resources. I mean, a lot of us can find jobs right away after because of those support from ASF members. All right, let's, because this is kind of making me mad now. I just got a little mad there, David. I, I, it's it's almost like when you talk, I mean, yes, the teachers, the professors, um, they're important, absolutely. But that support system that you have, that is a big life change when you go from uh, from your home to, to college, to go to university, and to not have uh, that community to be able to go to um, if this strike were to move through. Uh, the strike even being... Where are we now? Christelle, do you want to talk about where we are right now and how we got there? Because uh, if we want to lend support to ASF members, and then I want to talk about how does the university feel about this? And and how do your colleagues feel about what's going on right now? Sure. Thank you. This has been a conversation. Um, it feels like it's at a boiling point right now, but it started way back in spring. We had collected data from... Um, like Liz said, the 20 years of where did the numbers actually fall? How were our contract negotiations going? And especially in comparison with our colleagues across the campus from other bargaining units. So we started um, prepping and and having um, facts behind what we were feeling. Um, To the point that we were feeling, we conducted a survey. We asked um, how many people are considering jobs at this moment at other areas, institutions, industry. A lot of our members are actively pursuing or considering other jobs outside of of, uh, the university. Was that that members here in Mankato or was that members at all of the the, – what schools are involved in in – that's a that, that's a very good question. We started at Mankato, okay. and we um, the data that came back it was so eye opening. Um, and so and and we have a website. I know Lisa, you'll direct everybody to at the end of um, this program. But if you want to see that information, um, it's out there. We got that information at Mankato, and we went to the other universities: um, Moorhead, St. Cloud, Winona, Bemidji. Marshall okay. and Metro. So oh, wow. it's it's all of us now that have um, been actively engaged in this conversation. Um, and so as as part of that, we were hearing members had second jobs. They were donating plasma. I mean, you hear about college students donating right. plasma to fund a spring break. But these Our are members, professionals. That, yes, mm-hmm. with master's degrees that are donating plasma to pay for daycare. So it mm. just... It, it's heartbreaking to hear what people are going through. And I think, you know, perhaps up to this point, it was maybe a little bit isolating because those conversations weren't readily shared. They have been for the last um, over over six, seven, eight months now. So okay. everybody is kind of coming together. And, and that's one thing that's been 
extremely heartening is that we've seen a strength and solidarity from our membership like never before. So I did the informational picket. I know Liz did. And I was thinking, you know, oh, I don't know. Let's hope for 30. It was a line of people down the block. So the impact... Um, sometimes seems a little siloed from where we all stand, but we have been coming together and there are a lot of us that are really hurting. So to have this opportunity to have an equitable contract it is something that we're all really looking forward to. So to, to answer your point too, not to <laughs> no, 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 circle please. back, but um, our negotiation team, I think it was 15 hours on Monday that they were negotiating mm. with um, the state We've received a last best final offer from management. And so we're going to be rolling that out to, to membership, but we, we still have to vote on it. Um, but I know that we've been told that's been um, addressing our top priorities and, you know, those details will be shared. So we're all really anxious, I think, to see what that looks like. Once again, um, address the fact that this is not a fight directly with Minnesota State University. Because I think people might think that. Right, right. And actually, uh, I'll share with you in our convocation on uh, Monday, the president, President Inch even said, like, I wish us in this room could figure this out because I know I know we could. Mm -hmm. But we negotiate directly um, at the system level. And so locally, nobody has that input to come to terms where we're kind of up um, a layer. And and that that part of it has been. there's a lot of anxiety. I, I just know that I can speak for myself and people on campus that anxiety to to make sure that our voices are heard because we've been speaking out um, and we're really looking forward to the opportunity to be to be heard for an equitable contract. It's a really powerful example of how unions work. Mm-hmm. And and have you had to go through this before? Either of you? Um Our bargaining unit here has not gone on strike before. Um, There has been a strike at the institution um, many years ago. Um, But I think that shared, that collective bargaining, that opportunity to say there's 800 of us who are doing, we're recruiting the students that are attending these institutions, we're housing them, we're caring for them, we're getting them across the stage at graduation uh, to come together and say, we should be able to live uh, strong and supported lives in Minnesota, where we are so proud to be a part of. Um, and right now, um, based on our salaries for our membership, there are folks who would qualify for the free, the North Star Promise uh, oh. free education from the state. Um, and so I think that uh, that is why we need to be together and why we need to stand strong in support of um, how are we really lifting each other up and how are we really getting um, what's going to make things livable. Can you tell me a little bit about, I heard somewhere saying that uh, people that don't belong to this particular um, bargaining unit, uh, your counterparts, your peers in other bargaining units uh, at other institutions might just make more. I mean, these are things that you found that you found out yeah so um so the minnesota state system is made up of seven universities and many community colleges yes (laughs) um there's you know in the teens community Mm -hmm. colleges um so our the academic advisors in the community colleges are part of another bargaining unit called mape 
and they have received for the last 20 years an average of about a 6% uh, increase to their salary. Um, and then our academic advisors in the university system are in ASF, and they have gotten, we have gotten roughly 2% over the last 20 oh, years. Oh, wow. That's a big difference. So we have, yes. So we oh, have 2% a percent over the last 20 years? 2% or, each year. Oh, each year. Okay, years. thank you. <laughs> yes. Not, it's not that bad. But wow. <laughs> um. But yeah, so we have folks who who've worked in a community college for eight years and made, you know, six thousand, seven thousand more dollars in that time, and then they come to uh, the university system and advise, and they're seeing a much smaller mm. um, pay increase and have essentially lost money by coming to work in the university system. Explain to me what happens if this, the the last best effort that was presented that we don't know the answer to yet, because still with that, you need to have your, your members look it over and vote on it, I'm assuming then, Christelle? Yes, that's correct. Uh, explain to me what happens if you say, um, if, if something comes back and it's not feasible for you. Uh, what happens when kids go to school, and is it is it a case where other people will try to do and step up like you've done for so long, or can they not? Well, and and I'll, is it okay if I address it in in two ways that uh, will yeah. will vote? And I know ASF has already filed our intent to strike, so we've we're in this ten day cooling off period. After that 10 days is done, we have 30 days to exercise our right to strike. So that gives our members time to review the terms. Um, we're going to have educational uh, webinars on this to make sure everybody is aware of exactly what the um, the results of mediation have been. And then we'll have a vote. Um, in answering your question, and, you know, and, and again, we're all very anxious to see what those those terms are. Right, right. Um, but then to answer your question, if it were to be voted... This is my um, pointing it at a worst-case scenario, right? right? Absolutely yeah. worst-case scenario, which no... Nobody wants, but um, but at this point, we we are demanding equity, fighting for equity, raising our voices for equity. So, um, if there were a strike that that were to happen, um, this would be something that um, I know we have been asked for operational plans. We have been asked for critical tasks, and at a at a crisis sense, um, yes, my my job can be covered. But there are so many things that we that I know we all do that doesn't take into account the full impact mm -hmm. of what. And I'll speak for me specifically, like the full impact of my job. Treading water, you know, that might be an option, but it's not going to have the impact and the significance right. that I personally bring to my role, my position every day. And and I know. That there's even more critical positions on campus, like um, Liz and David were saying, financial aid. Yes. If you're not there to cover that, who's covering that? Mm -hmm. um, health services. And I have a I have a daughter in college, so if she gets strep, like where does she go? Where, yeah, right. there's right. not health services there, and so um, it's it's to that rate where it it may be a. Um, an opportunity to address, you know, some of the really significant emails that have to go out at this time frame, but the the service is not going to be there. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Well, if we feel like we need to learn more information about this, uh, we want to keep up and, and find out what's going on. Um, you mentioned earlier that there was a place to go, a website to go to, or do you, is some way that the um, public can lend support to you in any way? Yes, that would be great. It's ASFRising.com. And that speaks to a greater detail of, you know, the 20 years of data we were talking about, the survey results from our members. Um, and also gives you action steps to contact those individuals that we bargain with, the board of trustees, to sh- to sign our petition, to just let um, the state know how important this role is to our universities. And and even if you don't have um, somebody that you know directly in college, or or your 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 neighbor's not at, working at a university, like it impacts all of us because mm-hmm. you know this is the future of of Minnesota. That our universities help towards the future of Minnesota. One beautiful thing that I've seen is in the last week, I've had uh, people that have worked uh, in both capacities at Minnesota State University Mankato in my studio, uh, and one was set to strike, the others weren't, and there was such great support here. Uh, that I saw. So I'm glad to learn a little bit more about that today. And thank you so much for the resources and all the information. Once again, our guests in studio, Liz Steinborn-Gurley, the director of the Women's Center on Campus at Minnesota State University, Mankato. Christelle Seth, director of research and sponsor programs, both of them on the executive board for ASF. And David Mesta, our student government vice president at Minnesota State University. I, I hope you have a wonderful year and get everything that you need out of this. Uh, David, so good luck to you and good luck to you in your fight. I'll cross my fingers for you and please keep me updated. Thank you. We will definitely do that. Thank you.